<laughs> Hello, how are you doing? And welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. I just got back in. Oh, I was helping my neighbor to do some shopping, but the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, oh well. Uh, we're looking at Jeremiah. Oh, another heavy passage, but yeah, it's, it's good, it's good. You know, uh, it's very healthy, I think, um, to hear God's word, especially when maybe we don't feel like it. I don't know if that makes sense, you know, because it means that God sets the agenda, you know, God is saying to us what he's actually saying, and it's not just us listening to what we want to hear. I'm sure that makes sense. Uh, someone messaged me um, yesterday, actually, saying, you know, I, I posted a lot of videos yesterday because it was a weekend. And he said, oh, did you have a meaning behind this video? And I said, no, no I know. I just follow this plan. I just go according to what's the next passage. And you know, whatever comes to mind in response to that, that's my reaction to it. And so uh, for what it's worth, um, I, I don't set any kind of agenda to these readings. It's really just sticking to the plan. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jeremiah chapter eight, let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you that you do speak to us. Uh, help us to listen. Help us to really want to hear what you want to say to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is Jeremiah chapter 8. <laughs> At that time, declares the Lord, the bones of the kings and officials of Judah, the bones of the priests and prophets, and the bones of the people of Jerusalem will be removed from their graves. You know, dug up. Uh, they will be exposed to the sun, to the moon, and all the stars of the heaven, which they have loved and served, which they have followed and consulted and worshipped. They will not be gathered up or buried, but will be like refuse lying on the ground. Wherever I banish them, all the survivors of this evil nation, talking about his nation, his people, this evil nation will prefer death to life, declares the Lord Almighty. See what I mean about judgments. You know, God is saying this judgment is going to be so horrible. You prefer death to life. And in fact, this judgment will seem like judgment after death. You know, you dig up your, uh, your body, your bones, and you expose you to all the elements and to all the idolatry used to practice in life. So it's again imagery of what God will do to punish his own people for their rejection of him. Verse four, say to them, this is what the Lord says. When men fall down, do they not, do they not get up? When a man turns away, does he not return? Why then have these people turned away? Why does Jerusalem always turn away? They cling to deceit. They refuse to return. There's a kind of stubbornness, a kind of resistance to calls of repentance. You know, that doesn't make sense. You know, why, did, why do they keep doing this? Verse 6, I have listened attentively, but they do not say what is right. No one repents of his wickedness, saying, what have I done? Each pursues his own course like a horse charging into battle. Even the stork in the sky knows her appointed seasons, and the dove, the swift, and the thrush, talking about these birds, they observe the time of their migration, but my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. So God is talking about this kind of stubbornness that resists nature. You know, even 
birds, even these animals, have seasons in which they go a certain way, but then they turn back, you know, migrationary instincts, if that makes sense. But our instincts to recognize the wrong we've done, our instincts to turn back to God, that means there's going to be moments where we go, hey, maybe I shouldn't be going in this direction. Maybe I should listen to what God has to say. We go against that instinct, and that's why God says, you know, they pursue their own course. They just charge further and further into this course of sin, into this battle, even though they know that it's going in the wrong direction. So it doesn't make sense. It's stubbornness, but it's this kind of nature that goes against the natural order of things. Verse 8, how can you say we are wise? For we have the law of the Lord. When actually the lying pen of the scribes has handled it falsely. The wise will be put to shame. They will be dismayed and trapped since they've rejected the word of the Lord. What kind of wisdom do they have? Uh, Therefore, I will give their wives to other men and their fields to new owners. From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophet and priests alike all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people as if it were not serious. Peace! Peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their loathsome conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down where they they are punished, says the Lord. So it's talking about people who are confident that they are right because they have the Bible. And they said, we are wise, we have the law of the Lord. But then they twist the Bible to say what it doesn't say. You know, their lying pen of the scribes have handled it falsely. So these are people who know the Bible really well. You know, scribes, later later on it talks about the prophets and priests. But because they're greedy for gain, verse 10, there's something in it for them. They're almost paid off to say something from the Bible that people want to hear. They're essentially twisting God's word to reject all those words of judgment that Jeremiah is speaking, what they're saying instead is peace, peace, when there is no peace. So they almost contradict God's word with God's word. These so-called wise people, these so-called confident people, you know, say we have God's word, you know, look, 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 this is what it says. It's saying that we are okay. We don't need to turn back. God won't judge us. But God says, all the more I will judge you. (laughs) You will fall among the fallen. You'll be brought down when you're punished. So people are fallen, you'll fall. You're already punished, but you'll be brought down even more. So all the more certain is God's judgment, condemnation on these people who have his word, but don't listen to it. Verse 13, I will take away their harvest, declares the Lord. There will be no grapes in the vine. There will be no figs on the tree and their leaves will wither. What I've given them will be taken from them. Essentially, God removing the blessing that he's given them. Uh, The mention of the figs on the tree, there's a connection to the Matthew 21 passage. Yesterday, we looked at Jesus cursing the fig tree. And therefore, uh, God is, well, it's slightly different here because here God is removing the fruit. There Jesus curses the entire tree, but here God is removing the blessing that he's given to the land. All the grapes, all the figs, and then the leaves will wither. So essentially God is taking back what he's already given them. The blessing, the life, and the land. Verse 14, why are we sitting here? Gather together, 
I think they're saying to one another, these people in Jerusalem, let us flee to the fortified cities and perish there. For the Lord our God has doomed us to perish and given us poisoned water to drink because we have sinned against him. So hey, so they know that judgment is coming, but instead of turning back to God, they run away from God, certain of his judgment, but almost bitter about that judgment. They say, no, God, God has done this to us. He's doomed us. He's given us poisoned water. So they're becoming even more bitter, even more stubborn in their sin. They won't want to turn back. Verse 15, we hoped for peace, but no good has come for a time of healing, but there was only terror. The snorting of the enemy's horses is heard from Dan, Dan meaning up north, at the neighing of the stallions, the whole land trembles. They have come to devour the land and everything in it, the city and all who live there. So talking about those final moments when the final judgment comes, and they can't deny it anymore. They can't say, peace, peace, because the enemy is here. But they still refuse to turn back to God. In fact, in fact what they do is they malign God. They say, God is so bad for judging us in this way. And then God says, verse 17, See, I send venomous snakes among you, vipers that cannot be charmed, and they will bite you, declares the Lord. Verse 18, O oh, my comforter in sorrow, my heart is faint within me. Listen to the cry of my people from a land far away. Is not the Lord, is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king no longer there? Why have they provoked me to anger with their images, with their worthless foreign idols? The harvest is past, the summer has ended, and we are not saved. There's a mixture here of what God says, uh, what the people say, but also I think interspersed with that is what, I think some of this is I, Isaiah, Jeremiah, we're reading Jeremiah. Some of this is Jeremiah's reaction, whereby he is mourning on behalf of the people. You know, um, listen to the cry of my people from far away. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is the king no longer there? He said, you know, God, have you really left your people to be exposed to this attack? Um, and it, it's, it's a mixture, you know. Some of it is obviously God uh, speaking this in verse 19. Why have they provoked me with their foreign idols? Uh, some of it is obviously Jeremiah himself um, kind of like moaning and lamenting this judgment on the people's behalf. Verse 21, is, especially I think this is Jeremiah. Since my people are crushed, I am crushed. I mourn and horror grips me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? So, Yeah, uh, Jeremiah, he mourns when no one else is mourning. And I think the reason why we can't almost extract Jeremiah's response from God's response is because I think part of this is God lamenting through the words of Jeremiah. That's why you can't, part of it seems like, you know, God himself speaking, but part of it, Jeremiah speaking. So yes, God is angry, but almost as if God himself is lamenting. You know, why won't they turn back? Now, am I really about to do this to my own people? And he does this lamenting through the words of Jeremiah. And again, you know, I've said before, you know, if no one else repents, 
you know, we as people who speak God's word of salvation and judgment, well, we can repent. We are sinful. You know, we, uh, if we are the agents by which God uses to speak these very difficult words, you know, at the very least, you know, we can mourn and we can lament on behalf of the people before they, they, they turn back to God. And even if they don't, you know, we can lament and we can mourn on their behalf. Um, yeah, lots of responses, you know, God's response to their sin, the people's response to God's judgment. But finally, Jeremiah's response to God's judgment and their stubbornness. And it's a kind of lamenting and mourning, almost as if taking that sin and that judgment upon himself. You know, why is this happening to me? And we see that in Jesus, you know, ultimately Jesus lamenting over Jerusalem, you know, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you know, you who kill your prophets, you know, if only you would turn back to God. And finally, Jesus taking all that judgment upon himself on the cross. Again, a mark of a true prophet and a mark of a true king, the prophet who speaks God's word, but the king who represents God's people to God. Yeah, um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, very, very hard words of judgment, but also of hope and salvation. That Jesus, you know, he takes um, our lament on his own lips, that he takes our judgment upon his own life, that then we might receive our lives, our blessings through him. We might receive forgiveness through his death. So Lord, um, help us, I guess, to constantly be in this state of lamenting in this world. You know, this is a world that does reject you, that doesn't want to turn back to you. And I think on their behalf, we want to be praying uh, uh, on their behalf. We want to be interceding for them. We want to be lamenting and, 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 and repenting on their behalf. So help us to do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 8. Uh, have a good week. Bye.